All right, everyone, welcome to LeBeau's Lessons. Today, we are going to start a new series called The Lawlessness of Mankind. The Lawlessness of Mankind. And um, if you remember the last time we were doing this show, we were talking about um, other topics concerning self-awareness, and also seeing if you have a bad self-image. And that series, there was a three-part series that's available on my um, podcast, on Apple Podcasts, LeBeau's Lessons, and anywhere you listen, whether it's Spotify or... But I wanted to start a new segment today, and I'm introducing my daughter into the show because I feel like there's a lot of value that we can both bring together. And so I'm going to turn the camera over to her for a second and let you meet her. Her name is Aime Therese, or Therese, however you want to pronounce it. And um, she is going to be starting off our podcast every time with her segment called Teen Tea. If you go on Instagram, you'll see her. Um, you'll see her, her, her uh, brand, which is uh, Teen Tea. And tell us a little bit more about what Teen Tea is. Well, hello, guys. Like she said, my name is Aime Therese. I am the host of Teen Tea. It's basically like you know a show where. I talk about what's trending with teens right now, like influencers, TikTokers, um, popular movies, um, uh, celebrities, singers, stuff like that. I go into the tea. I have. Uh, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I mainly post on um, on Instagram, but I do post many things to different um, social medias. Um, and today, I wanted to talk about. Um, something that's been really popular uh, right now is the movie Turning Red. I wanted to talk about the um, controversy and the love that the movie has been getting lately. Um, mostly, you know, surrounding, if you don't know what Turning Red is about, it's basically about a um, teenage girl. She just turned 13 and she um, is, it's basically a movie about growing up and puberty yeah and puberty periods so coming of age mm-hmm, yeah. coming of age movie and it's basically um teaches a lot of lessons about um you know the relationship between a mother and a daughter and um how the transitions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it teaches about what was the other lesson um i believe um a lot of the things that they honed in on was mm-hmm. about managing your own emotions mm-hmm. and making sure that you know how to control your mood, but mm-hmm. also embracing who you are, the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, so, and it also, yeah. Um, Pixar has been going a lot into generational trauma, um, which people have been liking a lot. They, With Pixar, I feel like they are, I feel like with Disney and Pixar, um, they're a lot more real you know Mm -hmm. like especially with things like um inside out the movie soul um even with encanto Mm -hmm. um talking about again the generational trauma 
and stuff like that. And then now with Turning Red, I feel like they're doing a good job at like, you know, being real. And some people, you know, are, you know, coming up with their little conspiracies about it, you know, like, oh, they're trying to um, get y'all in with your generational trauma or just, you know, all of this mm-hmm. controversy, all of this um, conspiracies. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff surrounded around that. And also um, people um, not liking uh, certain things that's being discussed in there, like things like mm-hmm. puberty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They aren't, some people, parents aren't very comfortable with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the controversy of um, the diversity, you know, how mm-hmm. um, they don't like like them praising their ancestors and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but so a lot of people have been liking it because, you know, it's been giving a lot of representation, especially towards Asian people, even with some um, Muslim people in as background yeah. characters. And so people have been really loving the diversity, especially in the um, the group, the a boy group for town. Yeah. You know, but the Asian, the Asian boy, the black boy, all of that. Um, and I thought it was really cool. The uh, creator of the show said that the boys are supposed to like uh, um, resemble different mm-hmm. boy groups throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like. Well, I want to touch on something you said because mm-hmm. you were talking about diversity, mm-hmm. and um, I think that diversity is a big issue. First of all, I think it's a good move mm-hmm. that Disney is making. I think that Disney realizes that it's had a role in damaging um, portrayals of females. And mm-hmm. and I think that what they're trying to do now is to rebrand themselves as a female empowerment brand. Mm-hmm. Instead of, if you really think about what this shift, it's mm-hmm. been a, a tangible shift, you see, with Disney, they've gone from making the woman the damsel in distress who mm-hmm. has to be rescued by a man to being an empowered female who knows who she is yeah. and has her own purpose in life and is pursuing those things, whether mm-hmm. or not she has a prince. Yeah. And I think that's great. And I actually really like the movie. I, I like mm-hmm. a, a lot of the new movies that Pixar has out. And mm-hmm. um Um, But when you said diversity, people have to understand that diversity is not just about people seeing themselves on television, Mm -hmm. like seeing a character that looks like them. They have to see a character that is like them, that does the things that they do, that speaks the way that they speak, etc. And so obviously TV runs on stereotypes. Right. But it we when we have uh, people of color mm-hmm. being represented on television as background characters, we never get into what they believe right. and what they do. Intolerance at its highest level. I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. Mm-hmm. But tolerance at its highest level is allowing people to exist as they are around us mm-hmm. without seeing them as less than. Right. And if I think that people are okay with diversity as long as that diverse person is like them. Right. As long as, okay, they may look different from me, but as long as they believe the same thing mm-hmm. I do, then they're okay. And and that's not diversity. Actually, tolerance is about 
allowing, not hating people or not disliking people or not seeing someone as less than or having prejudices about them because they believe in things that we do not. Right. I may, you know, I may feel like somebody's beliefs are wrong, off, silly, uh, whatever I may believe. However, there are people who feel the same way about me. And if you feel that way about me, I just want you to allow me to exist, mm -hmm. okay? And 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 that is what these people are asking for. So when you see that a character on Disney is a Chinese character and mm -hmm. she's worshiping in a Chinese fashion, that is what they do. Right. And we have to allow them to be who they are mm -hmm. and, and not be so offended by the, this is, you're seeing what actually goes on, mm -hmm. right? So I think that when people are not confronted with other people's beliefs, they're comfortable. Right. But if you put it in front of them that this person is bowing down to an ancestor, they get upset. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get upset. I may feel that I am more right, or I may feel like that I'm more right, or that you are wrong, but I can allow you to do what you're doing, mm -hmm and do what I'm doing right. and still shine a light and do what I'm supposed to do according to my belief right. without being upset at you. Try not to be so bothered by it. Yes, not being bothered by it, mm -hmm. right? And I believe that if you're secure in your faith mm -hmm. and whatever that faith is, you can allow people to be different from you because right. they're going to be. Mm -hmm. And billions of people have been before you. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then um, back to the thing about um, like Disney and Pixar, like rebranding, mm -hmm. um, like the whole women empowerment thing. They definitely have been doing that, especially with the Disney princesses. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if you look at their like social media, especially their Instagram, they have been like using their um, their their Disney princesses mm -hmm. and different girls and stuff that they have in these things yeah. to like um, push for like girl power and stuff like that yeah. and especially if you watch the uh, Wreck-It Ralph movie where all the Disney princesses are there they mm -hmm. all work together they all talk about how um, people all think all oh, your problems are so solved because a big strong man showed up right. um, they had like rebranding the all the Disney princesses a lot yes they have they have been they actually have been and so I actually uh, applaud Disney in that regard for um, rebranding and trying to take initiative and listen to today's generation mm -hmm. um, and hearing what they're having to say. Mm -hmm. You know, as an older generation, you cannot be surprised by, and I'm going to talk about this later on in the series, but you cannot be surprised mm -hmm. with rebellion. Yeah. Rebellion is natural to human nature. This is what we do. This is what we see as progress. We would not be where we are today if there was not rebellion. Mm -hmm. Our generation rebelled. The generation before us rebelled. And, and we believe that we are evolved because of that. So when we see that the next generation are rebel rebelling, we should say they are doing what is natural and right for the human race to do mm -hmm. is to rebrand and reinvent themselves and and not be so worried because guess what the next generation will reinvent themselves again mm -hmm. and and we rebelled and the generation before us rebelled and then over time we learned the error of our ways and then we settled back mm -hmm. right 
we settle back down. Okay, this is what this generation is going to do. Right. Okay, remember the flower children? What happened mm -hmm. to the flower children? They went out, they they did that thing with the with um, you know their movement, and then they came back down to earth and said, "I need a job. I right. need to take care of my family." See, I that's that's what's going to happen to our um, Gen Zers because you know mm -hmm. a lot of them. A lot of them, you know, don't want to get a job. A lot of them um, are professional yeah, influencers. Yeah, professional influencers um, and don't want to be like sitting at a desk or anything. And then people are also learning that we don't need to be at a place to work. We can work from home. And so a lot of them are trying to have that, like, you know, as an option. Mm -hmm. um, and so people, I feel like. I feel like people are going, once they get a little bit older, our generation gets older, we're going to kind of like tone it down a little yeah. bit just to like, you know, adult. Um, I feel like some of, some of this stuff is kind of a little bit of a phase, you know, yeah, just for, just for our time. Um, but yeah, you just have to kind of like wait it out, I feel, wait it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you absolutely have to wait it out. And the older generation should know that it it will eventually settle down mm -hmm. over time. Yeah, and I will be going over some of this um, uh, uh, turning red stuff like in a video on you on my YouTube channel. So if you want to hear more about this and you want to hear me go deeper into conversation about it and about Disney and Pixar and all that stuff, um, definitely go check out my YouTube YouTube channel Team T Show. Mm hmm. Well, thank you so much for that update, and we look forward to more updates from Team T. So today, we're starting a new series, and this series is going to be entitled The Lawlessness of Mankind and Women's Role in Civilization. Mm -hmm. The Lawlessness of Mankind and Women's Role in Civilization. Now, I am a big history buff. The type of history I like to look into is uh, Louisiana history, world history, um, American history, and also just um, understanding how mankind, the race of human beings, um, progress and change and not change over time. And this has been a really big interest of mine. and. Because I feel like it's so niche, I never talked about it. I feel like history is something that I've enjoyed for myself, mm -hmm. and I've never talked about it. And I feel like now I want to get it out of me because I'm just like bursting at the seams of, with all of this information I learned. Mm -hmm. Now, this, this message that I'm going to talk about today is not going to be a history lesson. So let's get that out of the way. It's not a history lesson. It's actually about the lessons. Remember, this is LeBeau's lessons. Mm -hmm. This is the lessons that we can learn about our existence over time, over our existence on this mm -hmm. planet. So I'm not going to be referencing dates and things like that. Those types of things are things that bore me in history. I want to hear about the journey and the message. What's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's, I'm going to be focusing on the points. Now, here are the points I'm going to be talking about. Now, we're talking about mankind. 
But when I finish this series, we're going to be wrapping up talking about what's woman's role. And women have a very important role in civilization. And I feel this is based on all of the research that I've done and all the historians and the old historians when they wrote their very last book and reading those books and learning from all of that and saying, okay, this is what I've gathered about humanity and about the role women play in humanity. So I'm, I have six points. First, we're gonna talk about God. Then we're gonna talk about sin. Then we're gonna talk about morality. We're gonna move into religion. And then we're gonna move into today's generation. And finally, what history has taught us about mankind and life on earth. Now, um, and we're gonna talk about the role that people play. Uh, hey there, Snoop, Def Jam Snoop. Um, we're gonna talk about the role that women play in all of this. Now, for this first part, I plan to just go into talking about God and sin and how those things relate to humans. And then on part two, we're going to start with morality and religion. And it all flows together. Now, I want you, if you're watching me live, I want you to be chiming in because I want to hear your input and questions and things on the things that I'm saying. What I've done is I've taken a lot of dates, a lot of names, a lot of scenarios, and a lot of complex ideas and made them as easy as I can possibly present them to you. Because I really want the people listening to understand what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to sound educated. I'm not trying to sound better than anybody. Mm -hmm. History is, if you are a true historian and a true fan of history, you already know that there's too much that we don't know. History is just like science. There's too much we do not know in order to for anybody to say that they're an expert. So I hesitate at labeling myself as a historian or an expert. But this is what I've learned so far from listening to the older folks talk about it, okay? Now, one thing we all can agree with and I'm talking about universal truths here. I'm not gonna be talking about controversial things that, are, that is up for debate. The things I'm talking about is not up for debate. It's universal truths that everybody understands to be true because I'm going to appeal to your logic and I'm going to show you why the woman's role is very important. Now, stick with me, men, because what I'm talking about, most of the things I'm talking about don't have to do with women, but it's about people in general, okay? All right, let's start off when, with talking about what is the attitude of God towards mankind. Now, some of you may not be believers. You don't have to be. What I'm gonna be talking about is it's not scripture, I'm not gonna use one scripture and I'm not gonna use anything that references the Bible. What I'm gonna be talking about is humanity. And I'm gonna be talking logically and you're gonna see the reasoning and the things that I'm saying. Okay, well let's assume that there is a creator of this earth. Let's just assume that. Let's just humor me and let's say that there is one. 
okay? If there is a God, the first thing I want you to know is that he loves differences. This is what we can all see. If the God that created an earth, if there is one, he had to love differences because look at all of us. Look at all the things that are around us. Look at everything just by observing. Mm -hmm. Whoever created this earth, if there is a creator, loves differences and made them on purpose. And this is why no matter who you are, even if you are a white male, no one is born free of problems. No one is born free of problems, okay? I'm not, I'm not talking about external. I'm talking about internal problems. We all have internal problems. There's problems that people walk around with that you cannot see. We all have a disability in that sense, in that regard, that makes us less perfect. We all have some form of inequality. So that means while, you, let's say a room full of a um, hundred white men that that let's say that they have the you know the majority of the privilege in this country if you put a, a room full of 100 white men there will still be inequality based on who has the ability to speak well or not who has the ability to perform well who has the highest intelligence who has a difficulty in relating to people or logic or reasoning, who is physically enabled to do different things. Every single one of us, as different as we are, we were purposely made imperfect. And if that was not the intention of God is intelligent, if that was not the intention, then it would not be so. We are made with differences and that is good. Our differences are good, okay? The second thing, concerning people, God valued quantity over quality. This is easy to see because we have so many people and not many people live lives that are purposeful, that are purposefully doing things to leave a heritage or value on this earth. So it was not the most important thing that every person be at this level, it's just that you exist. God wanted to have plenteous of people if he exists. He wanted to have lots of people. This is so. We can all see that. Okay. Imperfections are a part of how we were made. So how much does our imperfections matter to God? It cannot be a lot because if, if it mattered that much, then we all would have been made more perfect. And if you look at us from the beginning of time until now, one thing is consistent. We are still imperfect. Our perfection is not the goal for the person who created us or the God that created us, okay? That was not the goal. Now, if God exists, he had to overlook our brutal ways. We all started off like cavemen. We all started off brutal, survival mode, okay? If there was a catastrophe today or tomorrow and all of this was blown to smithereens, we will revert back to the same behavior because we will have to survive 
And that means being driven by our animalistic behaviors. And if that doesn't make sense to you, think about this. Think about a toddler, right? Do you expect perfection out of a toddler? No, you do not. You understand that he is learning, he is growing, he is discovering the world. Sometimes he picks up something dirty and puts, puts it in his mouth to understand what it is. He feels it, he looks at it, he hits something, he knocks something down. Are you going to discipline the toddler at the same rate that you would discipline the teenager? No, you would not. They could do the very same thing. You would not discipline them on the same level because you have understanding that starting off, people need grace. And if there is a God, he gave us grace. From the beginning of time, he gave us grace to be imperfect and to learn how to survive on this earth. This is the way that man needed to be. And some of the things, some of the things that we did back then, today we would consider bad, rude, but it was necessary because we were living in harsh surroundings. This, all of this did not exist. It was not comfortable. We were not in the garden. We were in the roughage. We were in the woods. We were in the swamps when we first started off in this on this earth. So what does that mean? We had to be in survival mode. So God overlooked a lot of our nastiness, our brutalness, our cruelty, lots of those things, okay? And he looked on that, okay? If there is a God, he saw it all. And he gave us the grace. If not, then we wouldn't still be here, okay? Our brutality was a necessity for survival. So we all agree to that, okay? Now, some things people still have a struggle with today. They say, if there is a God and God is love, then why does he do these things? People will point to things in the Bible that say, look what, look what your God did. He, he zapped these people. He swallowed up these people. He drowned these people. Now, I believe in God and I believe that God is love. But one thing that a lot of people misunderstand about love is that love is many things all at once. If you are a parent, you know that you can love your child by giving them a gift and also love them by giving them a spanking. You can also understand that if you are a spouse, a husband or wife, you can love your spouse by giving them a hug. You can be angry at your spouse and create consequences or leave them as a result of their behavior, a consequence. A God of love is not a God without consequence. So just because God loves you does not mean there is no consequence. Okay, love is kindness and destruction. I gave one of my children an example. I said, you are my child and I love you. If a robber were to come into this house and attempt to hurt you, I would destroy them if I could. If I didn't attempt to do that to defend you, how much could you say that I love you? 
if I made no attempt to defend you. My love forgives, my love gives grace, it gives mercy, and it also destroys when it comes to someone I love. So what am I saying? God is love and love is kindness and destruction. Okay, now let's get back to civilization. Every civilization at one time honored a God. Every ancient civilization honored a God. I, from any of my historical um, research, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I have not found an ancient people who did not believe in a God. Okay? If you wanna talk about the Greeks, the Greeks made a conscious decision to reject the idea of a god at one time and then created mythological gods. But the point is that we started out this way. I'm just talking about facts today. So you can deduce from that that it is natural for human beings to believe in a God or some type of higher power. Because when you go and you, you look in, at indigenous people, they always have a God they believe in. It may be a God you never heard of, but they believe in something. So this belief in a God is natural, okay? The only time we begin to, to doubt the existence of a God is due to education. And I will get into why later. But when you think about this, this is how natural it is for people to believe in God. Anytime good things happen, it is natural to feel like you wanna thank someone, is it not? Mm -hmm. You want to thank somebody even if it happened by chance. Do you get what I mean? Let's say that it wasn't something that was specifically given to you, but it was something that happened for you. Inside, you feel thankful because you know that it came from somewhere because it gave you what you needed when you needed it. So you were thankful. That is natural for a human being to feel because everything within our existence points to a feeling that there is somebody to thank, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, we began to doubt God when we started to create education. We started to close the, the Bibles and close the other books and we started to say, what if, okay? This is what happened as man became educated. However, what history has taught us is that when people, when a people lose their faith in, in the existence of a God that sees them, they begin to be chaotic. The civilization turns to chaos. 
we began to be cruel to one another because we have lost the belief that somebody is seeing us and will repay us for our deed. In older history, what you will see is that whenever a civilization denounces faith, they turn to war and anarchy. And that is why the foundation of civilization is faith. And I'll tell you why. Our morality is not enough. Our police is not enough. Our government is not enough to keep human beings moral. It takes something else. And over this, I will show you why people in our existence and our civilizations all over depend on faith. It depends on belief. You individually not participating in a belief is fine, fine. You would not want to live in a world that had no religion. And during this talk, I'm gonna show you that you would never want to live in a world that did not believe in God. Even if you didn't believe in God, you would want your neighbor to believe in God. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Okay, number seven. I know I wasn't numbering this for you guys. We progress as, we progress and we regress on an individual level. Those of us who have lived into our 30s or 40s or 50s, we understand that we can, uh, we can get better in one area and worse in another. Somebody said, that's exactly what I posted today. We need that foundation so we don't lose our faith in this disarray. Okay, we understand that we can be better in one thing and worse in another on an individual level. What history has taught us is that humanity does that as a whole. Every age has progression and regression. It has good and bad, it has strengths and weaknesses. Every civilization that is recorded and documented can show the roller coaster and can show the duality of being good in one area and bad in another area. As good as you say the 50s were, there was still racism. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of other things. So do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody understands that. If there is a God, then God also looks at us as a race in general a general existence of mankind, but then also on an individual level. We are existing collectively as one. Together, we represent humanity and what humanity is like. And what history has shown us is that no matter what time period you live in, there was never a perfect time period. You might say to yourself, well, I wish that I was born in this time, or I had, would have been born in that time, would it made a difference? Would it have made a real difference? Because if you would have lived in a different time, you would have observed 
that there are some good things that you liked and some things you were not comfortable with. Some things that you thought were good, but then other things you will want to rebel against. Right. And that is how it is from age to age. And if you died today, 20 years from now, it would be the same. That is what's consistent about mankind. Mm -hmm. Now, looking at the way human beings have existed in the world, you see that we are capable of both good and bad. Everybody is in agreement about the good things. We are in disagreement about the bad things and what is considered bad. But the reality is that there's always duality. In one culture, something is good, in another culture, it's bad. In one era, it's good, in another era, it's bad. I, I tell my kids, there was a time that whenever uh, root beer became popular, it was seen as something bad. You shouldn't drink root beer. Mm -hmm. um, what is the Amish? The Amish, at one time, they believed that it was a sin to wear buttons. So let's talk about the core of what is, what is sin and what is that about, okay? And when I teach you about sin, you will see that sin is something that is natural. And you will see that there's people that live on this earth that believe they have no sin. Have you ever met anybody like that? I know there's people that act like that. But there's people that actually say and believe that they have not done anything wrong in life. I know that's hard to believe, but I met them. <laughs> so I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. So let's talk about sin. Sin is natural and basic to mankind. How do I know that? Because as we go about our existence on this earth, sin is our default. Doing bad things is something that is easy for us to do, whereas doing good things are the things that are challenging for us to do. So it only seems logical and reasonable to me that the vast majority of people, humankind, find it very easy to sin and it comes naturally because it is a part of us. Mm -hmm. There is also no cure for sin because over the ages, there has never been a religion or system in place, even absence of religion, that has relieved us from this burden of our natural inclination to sin. This means that if this is our default, this is what we were do, would do if we were not civilized, with no restraint, and there's no cure. That means that there's nothing that we have found today that fixes us and makes it so that we never, ever turn back. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next thing is, we have always been corrupted. Now, some of you may say, no, this, this generation is the most uh, corrupted generation of all, and this generation, blah, 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 blah. Every single generation, okay, has been corrupt. 
All you have to do is read history books to find out what kind of wild stuff they had going on. Mm -hmm. Look at Pompeii. If you went to the ruins of Pompeii, you would see porn on the walls. Archaeologists have even found gambling dice before Jesus' time, 2,000 years before. Okay? We have been doing shady things for our entire existence. So, in that regard, we have not changed. We still do the same things. This is our nature. The only thing that has changed about human beings is our biology over evolution, our biology, the tools we use to do what we want to do, and the methods that we use to do those things to achieve our goals. Okay? That's what has changed. But the core of who we are when we are born has not changed. What does sin mean? What is a sin? Okay, outside of the Bible, whether you read the Bible or not, or not, sin still exists. It's just a word that describes the nature of mankind. It means to live in violation of conven conventional morality. And when I say conventional morality, I mean what is universally known as what's right to do. What's universal, across the board, universal. Living in violation of that. If you look at the Ten Commandments, you can take, take the Ten Commandments and put it on any, you can apply it to any type of religion or peoples. And you will see that they see reasoning that these rules are good as a foundation for their civilization. Do not kill, do not steal, do not lie. These are things that are, these are the basic rules for a foundation of a civilization. And if you do not do these things, then you are sinning or you have sinned. Very quite simple to understand. It is just violating the rules of conventional morality that we all need. Every era popularizes sin at the same time. We condemn it, okay? So no era is better than the other. You might think, oh, well, you know, back in my day, we didn't do this and that, but there were lots of things that y'all did do. Mm -hmm. And I remember there's this, <laughs> there's uh, so many songs and different things that were in even poetry, like even in like the 1500s, there was, there was poetry, erotic poetry. There was so many things that humans being, human beings did, okay, to popularize the violations. Right. If you go down to, down any city, you will see that we promote alcoholism. We promote promiscuous sex. We promote all of these things, but then at the same time, we say, no, don't do this. This is bad. And then we popularize it. Right. We do that in every era. If you if you were to, to look up on different things. And I wanna say here, um, one really good historian and uh, is Will Durant. Will Durant. 
This is somebody that I recommend. Yes, he was a little bit racist <laughs> because of the time that he lived in. He didn't have anything against black people. The issue is during that time, the information was bad, but he, he actually said a lot of things that showed why black people have gotten the, the short end of the stick in over history. But he has a collection of, of different books that talk about era to era, how human beings are, okay? Now, a lot of people like to blame wealth for sin, but wealth opens doors to many types of sin, but it is not the origin of it. Because before there was wealth, there was sin. Mm -hmm. So let's not associate sin with wealth. There is a correlation there, not causation. There's a difference, okay? So we acknowledge that human beings at our core default are sinful and this is why we need moral codes this is why human beings need a moral code our ways would destroy us without moral codes to live by we would destroy ourselves some people say well, if I'm doing this and that, well, what does it hurt anybody? It ain't not hurting anybody, it hurts you. Is there not a consequence for even sexual promiscuity? Are there not consequences? Every violation you live in comes with a consequence and it would destroy you. This is the reason why no matter where you go, there will always be a moral code. There will always be a code of ethics because we require structure. Human beings require structure, but we also require liberty. This is why just taking a step, you know, a step towards, you know, just deviate here. I'm a believer and I believe that God gave us free will for a reason. I will talk about that later, but we need liberty and we need structure, both. Now, reason, logic, is the basis of religion. It's the basis of religion. So you may say to yourself, why believe in this and that? It's illogical. No, it's logical, it's highly logical. Because irrational people live sinful lives. They are reckless with their lives. They don't think of consequence. They're not seeing it through. They're not having the foresight or the wisdom that says don't do that because this will happen. So it is irrational to live a sinful life, but it is rational to live by moral codes. Everybody should agree to that. Who doesn't agree that everyone should live by moral codes or principles? Okay. Now, we're talking about civilization, okay? We need social order in order to have a civilization. Social order just means you have rules, you have restrictions. 
We need restrictions in order to have a civilization. That's what makes a civilization is people coming together and say, okay, we're together. These, this is how it's gonna be. Can't do this, you can do that, but you can't do this. That is how you make a civilization. That is how every great nation was formed, was through codes of ethics, right? Mm -hmm. Being civilized means to be restrained. It means to be reformed. It means I'm not going to act like a wild animal and only do what my instincts tell me to do. I am going to be considerate of others and wise for myself and logical and do things or avoid doing things that will harm me or others later on. It's only logical to have moral ethics, okay? So, as I said, we all require freedom. We all required freedom, but we have to have regulations. If you just joined us, we're talking about the lawlessness of mankind and woman's role in civilization. This is gonna be a three-part series. Right now, I'm going over God and sin. But don't be mistaken, this is not a Bible teaching. This is about observance of human beings on earth and what it is natural to human beings and what role women play in that. The reason why I'm emphasizing women is because our role is very important. However, is because my listeners tend to be female. And I wanna show that over all of this information, when I end this, I'm gonna show you exactly what females, their value is to our whole existence as human beings, okay? Now, we require freedom so much so that if we were denied freedom by our government, we would turn on our own government. Is that not true? Okay, I'm just speaking facts. How has history taught us this? Because anytime a regime or government has tried to take away people's freedoms, those people riot and those people start anarchy and those people overthrow the monarchy, do they not? Okay, everybody should know this. We would destroy our own government. And this is why God gave us free will. God does not control our actions. He just controls the consequence. Mm -hmm. Just the consequence. You are doing your will. Your will is being done. The consequence is up to God. Okay? It's just like your children. You create your restrictions. They violate them. They have the right to violate them. Then they get the consequence. Both are out of love. You give them freedom because of love. You give them consequence because of love. Am I right? Okay. If you're a parent, you understand this. And finally, before I end this part, this first part, the average man must be told what not to do. You might say to yourself, well, why don't we just follow our own moral codes of ethics? As I get into the next 
part of this series, you will understand why our morals and our virtues do not last. And this is why we have to have rules in place. Mm -hmm. Because when we don't care and we want to do what we want to do, we have to have something in place that says, uh uh uh, slow your roll. Because otherwise, we will destroy ourselves and take other people down with us. Mm -hmm. This is the typical human experience. We lack discipline and none of us are perfect. We live with good principles in one area and bad principles in another. And there's an old saying that goes, the brake pedal is more important than the gas pedal. Mm -hmm. The brake pedal is more important than the gas pedal. We need the restriction. We need the brake in order to protect ourselves from ourselves. Mm -hmm. And this understanding and logic is how human beings have continued to exist over time and while we're still here today. Mm -hmm. And if you think that you're smarter or wiser or better than those people that came before us, there's nobody that is born here a genius and born here better than the people who existed before us. In fact, the reason why we do live better lives is because of them. Because when you come here, you come here a savage. You come here knowing nothing. It is because of the rich history that was laid before you and your access to that learning and the wisdom over time that has made you civilized Without that, you would be uncivilized and you would be living by your instinct. And that moral code would not save you from yourself. And I will go into why next time. Mm -hmm. So if you enjoyed this, remember, you can catch it later on. If you came in late, you can catch it later on um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all of that good stuff. I'm going to upload this tonight. I hope that you look forward to this. As you can see, I was not I was not heavy on the Bible. I was not using scriptures. I was not preaching to you. I was just speaking logically about facts and what history has taught us. And over time, over this this uh, period, I'm not going to be talking about dates and people and figures and stuff like that. I'm just going to be talking to you logic. Mm -hmm what is easily observable by any person, whether you are educated, non-educated, is what everybody can see. Next time we're going to answer the question, why can't we just create our own morality absent of God or religion? And what value does religion have to the existence of human beings? I'm gonna answer that question next time. But thank you all for watching Laveau's Lessons, and I will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay.